Hey, 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 you guys. Thank you all so much for being on Black Canvas once again. This is season seven, and I am so excited to have our special guest here with us. If you guys have not heard of Chris Poston before, this is going to be a great opportunity to learn more about him and his career. He is an American singer-songwriter, and he is from California. He is a seasoned musician who has been in the music industry since the mid-1990s. Chris Poston's career started from early beginnings in his high school marching band, Drumline, and progressed to being signed with Fearless Records, rock band Rock Kills Kid, as the drummer in 2001. He found himself touring and sharing the stage with headlining and national acts that time. In the mid-2000s, Chris left drumming to focus on singing and songwriting. The music world took notice and featured him in industry magazines, social media plugs, television spots, and even having one of his songs placed in an independent film. In 2001, Chris released his debut solo EP, digitally um, worldwide fall into pieces following with his newest single can't let go which hit all streaming platforms on july 29 2022 along with the can't let go official music video which dropped on august 1st of 2022 on most major video platforms and we're just so excited to have mr chris Poston here with us on black canvas thank you so much for being here Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, the pleasure is all mine, Chris. I know we've kind of been talking for a couple of days on just kind of getting everything set. And I'm just so glad that our schedules aligned and that you're here today. I know you're going to have an amazing time with me because I'm going to have some fun questions to keep you engaged. So I just really appreciate you being here. All awesome. Right. Looking so, forward Chris, to it. I came up with some fun questions and it might be some titles to at least two of the questions you might actually know. <laughs> All right. So if you're ready, I'm going to go into the first All right. question. All right. So the first one is fall sure into pieces. So how have you been able to stay focused mentally despite the many challenges that artists have faced um, due to COVID-19? Well, I believe it took a, n- a number on a lot of people mentally, you know, it being a virus that most people were unaware that even existed prior to the pandemic. Uh, so when the world shut down, it literally shut down and there was, there wasn't much else to focus on, but you know, what I was uh, basically focused on was, you know, the news, the media, it was almost impossible not to think about, you know, COVID uh, with all the businesses being closed. So there wasn't much else to do, but eat, drink and live COVID-19. And I think you're hundred percent correct. At one point, I think people were struggling with, I like to call was just compassion fatigue. And I, it's not saying that we didn't understand what was going on, but I think when you're kind of engrossed with all of this information of this is what's going on, the numbers kept increasing as far as deaths and people being infected. And 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 then there were so many family right. members. I, I always say being a counselor that I know in the next 20 to maybe 50 years, we're going to see so many people who are going to be either seeking counseling or we're going to see a lot of more depression and grief um, over the next it definitely 20 to 50 years, because what's going to happen is, is there are a lot of people who didn't have the opportunity Absolutely. to say goodbye in a proper way to their families. And then there is also just a residual effect of some of the people who lost right. their parents or grandparents 
and how do they deal with that? And I think addiction is definitely something we'll have to look out for um, with a lot of individuals who don't know how to cope, maybe in the healthiest ways. Um, they're just going to have to find other ways of managing through this pain. But um, that's why I love your music, because I think music can be a healing. Absolutely. Property. And if we have amazing artists like you out there who are promoting positivity and just kind of being authentic and sharing your experiences, then there's so much that we could all learn from that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us are still coping, you know, I'm, I'm barely getting out of it mentally myself. And I think, like you said, you know, music is a healing, uh, it's a healing thing. You know, you listen to it and it makes you feel, uh, you know, sadness, happiness, joy, uh, you know, excitement, you know, just listening to music for me uh, just puts me in a whole different, you know, mindset. And uh, it, it, without music, I don't know what I would do. Well, I'm glad that wasn't one of my questions for you. <laughs> You'll be like, wait, I don't know how to answer that one, <laughs> but <laughs> but I do agree with you. Music has definitely been something that's helped me. I know we have so many other things that's, of course, in the news and we're hearing about so many other health crises. So we just have to just stay together the best we can and support each other through these, you know, pandemics that we're going through for sure. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. So I have another fun question for you. Can't let go. Is there one thing, person or situation that has been hard for you to let go of? And the second part of that question is have you found peace in moving forward without that person, thing, or situation? Well, it's, that's a great question. I mean, listening to that song, um, it's very straightforward, and it's actually a true story in some aspects. Um, I was in a very committed relationship, probably one of the most committed relationships you could possibly be in called marriage. Um, so needless to say, the marriage didn't end up working out, but that didn't mean that the feelings immediately go away. Um, so this was many, many years ago at this point. I have found peace from the whole situation. Uh, so I guess can't let go help me realize that I, you know, I moved past it. It was life experience. And it's something that, you know, most people have gone through or have faced. And you're right about that. And even outside of a relationship, like an intimate relationship, when it's like a job, when many people have to switch careers, you know, that can be a hard transition. I know for me, um, I actually started my career in business and accounting. And so I had degrees in both. And then I ended up switching gears and going into counseling. People were like, well, why would you go into counseling when you had such a steady career? But I knew that wasn't for me. And similar to similar to relationships, right? Right. So there's times when you know it's time to to move forward. And I think it makes it hard when there are kids involved or when there's um, you know, outside forces of people who are telling you what to do. Um, that can play a huge role as well. But I, I'm so glad for you, you've been able to to kind of find some peace and normalcy in even the chaos at that time. And you're finding order in your life, which I think is good. Absolutely. And like you said, you know, having no kids involved, there was none. So it was definitely made it, you know, an easier uh, thing to, uh, you know, I guess to not cope with a bad way of putting it, but, um, you know, it's, to go through uh, a marriage and then have it, you know, completely just, fall apart like that it's hard and it's devastating but you know like I said I've had many years to you know basically men mentally deal with it and um, you know write a song that basically let my feelings out and you know and I, I don't know if you had a chance to see the music video but it basically um, it ties it all together as far as like what you know what all happened and you know how it all kind of transposed and 
um, you know, hopefully that that resonates to people when they watch it. Absolutely. And I did get a chance to see it. And I, one thing I love about you is, is that you have a way of connecting. And I think that's a difference when we talk about music videos. Sometimes people, you can tell like they're acting and then some people are living in the experience. And I feel like you were actually living the words and, and the way you moved around. It just felt like you were there and present. And I love that in a music video. Instead of like sometimes people, you're like, wait, you can tell that they've been <laughs> doing a, a lot of yeah. takes and a lot of editing. And I feel like when you're being genuine in yes. yourself, people are going to want to to buy what you're selling because they know that you're not being inauthentic. Absolutely. And I, and I appreciate no that. So speaking of being authentic, my next question kind of goes into routine. So can you tell me about, do you have an actual routine when you're recording a track in a studio or do you have like any rituals or things that you need to have with you before recording? Absolutely. Um, I do have a, a routine or ritual, uh, if you will, leading up to recording in the studio. Um, I have studied vocal care and training in the past. And one of the big no-nos that I found out that's hard on your voice is caffeinated drinks and or alcohol. So I completely leave those out leading up to tracking vocals. And another thing is not to overeat. Uh, so eating plenty throughout the day, but like smaller portions, small, you know, little snacks. Um, and while in the studio, I usually drink lots of hot tea with honey. Uh, there's the, this tea called throat coat, which is really awesome. I swear by that stuff. Uh, so that's, you know, one of the routines that I mainly follow when I record vocals. Now I love tea. That's one of the, my favorite things to drink. And like, there's a ginger, like probiotic one that I like to take. That's really good. There's one that has like echinacea, um, that I like. And then there's one that's like, I use at night, like it's called sleepy time tea. And that's, that is something yes. that really helps calm me down. And normally I'll use like essential oils as well. Like if like orange or lemon, like ones that I need in the morning, like for energy and then like a lavender one, like going to sleep, right. like those really help to kind of center me. But I do agree. Like definitely if I'm eating a whole lot of food and that just goes for a lot of things before exercising for anything, you know, it definitely can start to slow you down or you can start to feel it. And if you're singing from your gut or, or from your diaphragm, like everyone sings different ways, you know, that can be really tough <laughs> being in the studio. And you're like, I just had like five ribs. <laughs> exactly. You're not going to be at your peak performance for sure. No. And, and they're going to definitely hear it in the vocals. <laughs> oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> this guy sounds tired. I don't know what's wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> He's like, he just went to, um, well, here we have like a restaurant called Potner's. So they do like a lot of like great, great barbecue. And so, like, for me, I know if I'm eating potato salad and this, that, and the other, I'm like, wait, where's the couch or where's the bed? Because I'm about to go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> you got a back room with a cot. You can just lay down. <laughs> so I may hit the floor by the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's kind of talk about some songs that motivate you. Can you give me three songs that you feel, like, get you into that energetic mood? Wow. Um, all great questions. It was extremely hard to narrow this one down. Uh, but three songs that get me motivated would be, I'm going to take this back to the 90s, Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. Uh, that song still hits me to this day. Um, Nirvana was a, you know, a band that I grew up listening to. I idolized uh, Dave Grohl, the drummer. You know, Obviously, I was a drummer back in the day. So uh, listening to that band, like it still, still resonates with me today. Uh, number two, would be this band called All Time Low. Uh, and the song is called Something's Gotta Give. Great vibe, beat, and it's just all around great song. 
And number three, uh, this, this is for people in LA uh, that happen to know me from like the karaoke scene. Uh, it's Kings of Leon, Sex on Fire. Um, if anyone knows me, I do this song. It's my go-to at karaoke. It's a song. When I heard this song for the first time on the radio, I literally got chills. And it's still it's still a banger to this day. And it does really well at karaoke for sure. Awesome. I'm about to look that one up. I hadn't heard the third one. But I love Nirvana. That was my favorite for sure growing up. Yeah. So three songs for me. I'm going to try to answer this one to kind of help you. So Happy by Pharrell. I love that song. <laughs> I that one makes go. me laugh. No Absolutely. Way. Don't Worry, Be Happy is another one I love to listen to. So that'll be number two. Oh, yeah. And number three is actually going to be a gospel song. I love Yolanda Adams. So she sings a song called The Battle Is Not Yours, It's The Lord. So like that's another song that like motivates me when I'm like at my lowest point. I can like turn it on and just kind of remember like it's not for me to do everything. I have support, you know. Right. So all great songs yeah and don't worry be happy that was that was a childhood song for me like i love that song me too i mean great I, song. I could listen to that all day <laughs> <laughs> that just right. means you're a very positive motivated person i try to be i mean i have my moments but that's kind of going into another one which is three songs that can elicit a sad emotion so do you have three songs that can bring that out ah uh, yes uh, so three songs that, uh, that bring out that kind of emotion to me, the sadness would be, uh, this band called Seether. Uh, there's a song called pass slowly. Um, I actually covered this song acoustically and man, what a, what a great track that song is. It definitely, when you listen to it, it just hits the feels. It's just something that's, you know, very simple, but, uh, it hits all the, it hits all the buttons for me when it comes to, uh, feeling emotion on that. Uh, second would be the band silver chair. Uh, rest in peace. They're no longer a band, but still, still a great band to this day. Uh, there's a song called "After All These Years." Uh, it's just a vocal and a piano, and she's when the when the chorus hits on this song, it's like wow! It just opens up, and it's just basically you know the lead singer Daniel Johns and his piano, and it's just a great, great, great song. Uh, number three would be Queen, uh, the song "Love of My Life." And I think it's safe to say on this one, like hundreds of thousands of people probably love this song. Um, when they played, you know, back in the day, they did a live performance and there was probably a hundred thousand people in the audience singing along to this song. And it was just like, man, you got, you got chills watching that. You're right about that. I mean, anything with Queen is like something, I mean, Freddie Mercury is just like, come on. Oh yeah. They're un- unparalleled. You can't even like... <laughs> Hard to top, hard, very hard to top that guy. It is, and I think Adam Lambert is doing such an amazing job. I was a huge fan of his on American Idol, and what he's been able to do since the show is just remar- remarkable. Right. Absolutely. Three. Let me think. Of course, Adele, Adele, Adele. Probably. <laughs> I mean, I would say there you go. for Adele, I love "Hello." That is definitely something that is, it's a great song, but it just it can definitely put you in that emotion, like a sad place for that song. Um, let me think. Oh, I know another one. Um, Sarah McLaughlin, um, in the arms of the angel. Ah, yes. Oh man, that's <laughs> that's a tearjerker of a that song. One man, me going because I listened to that song pretty often after my grandfather passed, and that was something that got me somewhat through a lot of it because I love her voice. But I like the live version of it, like just hearing her sing yes. live. It just does something to me. So she would definitely be number two. And number three would be Celine Dion, the Titanic theme song. 
Aha, yes. Oh, Great song. and then a yes, my heart will go my on. Heart will a go a on. close third, a tie for third would be Faith Hill, There You Will Be, which is from Pearl Harbor movie. That was one of my favorite songs. Ah, very nice, very nice. All right, so you ready for our, the next three? The next three will be songs that just kind of bring joy into your life. Okay, so three songs that bring joy. Um, another one I had kind of like dig down deep, but uh, just recently I kind of got into Harry Styles. Um, the song Adore You. I mean, coming from a rock guy, I do appreciate a great song. And this one just hits the joy department 100%. Uh, number two would be Ed Sheeran's Bad Habits. And it's hard not to like this one. It just hits and it hits hard. Uh, and number three would be Nickelback's uh, She Keeps Me Up. Uh, this band gets a lot of negative press, I feel. But in my opinion, just a great freaking band. Their musicianship is just bar none. And their songs are awesome. So, yeah, She Keeps Me Up is a kind of a kind of a fun one to listen to. I like that. So I, I'm trying to think for me, this is kind of hard. But I'm definitely going to use Michelle Branch with Game of Love when she did with Santana. That was one of my favorite songs. Love that one. Um, right. Let me think of number two. Number two probably will be, ooh, this is kind of hard. Uh, Anita Baker, probably, You Bring Me Joy. I love that song. And then number three would be okay. Stevie Wonder. I mean, I can choose any Stevie Wonder song, but I probably would choose for Stevie. <laughs> oh, this is kind of hard, because, I mean, I love all his songs. Ribbon, Ribbon in the Sky, that's what I'll use. Yeah, he's great. Ah, okay, I've heard that one in a long yes, time. One of my favorite ones, um, and then of course Luther Vandross will be my third tie. <laughs> but love Luther and never too much. Like I can <laughs> dance to that one. I just love that song. Yeah, I mean, there's no, oh, no one ever going to be like Luther Vandross ever again. All right, so let's I agree talk with about you, hundred Meanings to you, your music. Do you have any hidden meanings behind any of the songs that you have either written or performed? And even when you were a drummer, if there's something you want to share, any hidden music in your band, did they have hidden music as well? Um, I wouldn't say there's any sort of hidden meaning in my music. My songs are pretty pretty straightforward and self-explanatory as far as the message and what's being told. Um, I was in a band called Rock Hills Kid, um, which you read about. And, you know, Rock Hills Kid was uh, the whole meaning behind the name of that band uh, was Rock Music Kills Kids. So it's like if you played uh, a certain song backwards, uh, it was it sort of like told like a satanic kind of tell, you know, and, and it and it caused kids to think a certain way. Um, but me, uh, I come from a family of musicians on my mother's side and my mom has been a singer ever since I was old enough to talk. Uh, she even had management and was, you know, uh, presented to Capitol Records at one point. And in later years, two of her brothers and her got a band together and they were when they were young and she was the lead vocalist and my uncles played guitar. So I guess you can see I grew up in and around music. Wow, that's really amazing. Like my family is also musically inclined. So I love like when I was younger, my grandmother self-taught herself how to play the piano. So she would play in church, but then she also sung opera. And so like, it was like something I wasn't used to, but it was also amazing because you wouldn't think someone growing up the way I grew up that I would have had so much of an eclectic style of music that I grew up listening to. And so 
Yeah, I right. love that you had that pretty much in your household and it was something within reach. And then it also can motivate us as we grow up because if I hear something and it brings joy or, or helps me to elicit an emotion that maybe I wasn't used to feeling, that's something I can gravitate to um, as an adult. I love that. Right. So this is a fun one too. Absolutely. If you could perform a duet with any current top 100 artist, so this can be in any genre of music, who would you choose and why? Ooh, <laughs> very another another hard one. Um, but since I'm, I guess, since I'm moving more towards the pop world, you know, pop genre, um, you know, thinking of the top 100, I think it would be killer to do a song with Post Malone. Uh, for some reason, like his songs just really hit for me. Uh, his opening title track called Hollywood's Bleeding, uh, it, which comes from the same uh, title album. Uh, man, the emotion in that song just resonates. Um, I don't know if I'd ever have a chance to ever do it with him, but man, needless to say, it would be an awesome experience. Chris, put it on your vision board, I tell you. Put it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Just put it. You never know, man. You put stuff, put stuff out in the world and sometimes it can surprise you. I'm telling you, Chris, like there's been so many people on my vision board that I've spoken to on this show. And like, I never in a million years thought I would ever speak to some of these individuals. And they have been such gracious guests. And I mean, I love them even more now after talking to them and getting to know them outside of just being a fan and admiring their careers. And so I always say, just believe in yourself. And if you think for sure you can do it, put it on the list. <laughs> 100%. I totally agree with that. So if I had to choose an artist, it probably would be a mixture of either Lizzo, love her, and then I think another nice. person I really admire is Harry Styles. Like, I know you mentioned him earlier, but I mean, I love the song Fallen. I can listen to that like day and night. I mean, it's just such a great song. So that's that's one of my favorite right. artists. And I mean, he was good in One Direction, but he's gotten so much better. And he just, he's going down the road. He reminds me like a Mick Jagger, kind of like someone who's going to have a 40, 50 year career. Oh yeah. He's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. He is this generation's Mick Jagger, 100%. And I love it. And I love that he performs just as well as he just, he emotes something. Like you feel like you're there with him when he's performing. Yes. Very animated. Uh, but you, yeah, like you said, when you put, you know, emotion into your music and even a live performance, you know, I've had people come up to me afterward and they're like, man, like I could not just I heard your voice, but I watched you. I, You know, you're all over the stage. You're jumping off things. And I'm like, I'm hanging off the rafters. But that's because, you know, when I play and I'm gonna, when I perform, I feel it, you know, and it's real. Absolutely. And it's kind of like the phrase I remember an artist telling me this in the past. They said, I see your voice. And, and that's it sounds weird, but it's almost like when you see someone, you actually see them through the what they're portraying. Exactly. So now let's kind of talk about if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Chris? <laughs> oh man, this one, uh, this one hits close to home. Uh, so a long time ago, I've dealt with a lot of uh, bullies in my younger years, even in music uh, from the Chris I am today to the Chris I was back then was a completely different person. Um, I'd say to young Chris, you know, toughen up, stand up straight. Don't let anyone or get or anything get in your way of what you set out to do. Uh, you do have something to offer and always remember that. Wow. I'm, first of all, I'm sorry you had to go through that just in your childhood to adulthood. I mean, bullying is something, especially now for kids, there's so much cyberbullying and so many other things. And 
and ways that people can be taken advantage of. And so I'm, I really feel horrible that you experienced that. And I went through bullying as well. And I think it, it makes it hard yeah. for you to, to see a light in someone when you're acting that way. But as like I said, counselor today, I understand where a lot of it stems from. And it's a lot of it is more hurt than it actually right. is anger for individuals, or it's a lot of things you've been accustomed to and has been you've been kind of groomed into this way of, of being due to what you either experienced or what you've heard. And I always tell people when you think of kids, especially young kids, when they're playing in the sandbox, they don't just run away from the, the other kids. It's normally the parents that are yanking them or you can't touch this one or don't do that. And and that's a learned behavior. So I feel like it if we can start teaching mm-hmm. and have an open dialogue with others of right. how we want to be treated or, or just ex- explaining how we've been affected, um, the more we tell our story, the more connections we can hopefully build. And it's not saying this world is ever going to be perfect, but, you know, we can still be open-minded to differences. Right, exactly. And it, it does stem from, you know, somewhere, you know, you don't just, you're not born with hate. Uh, you're not born to, you know, uh, be mean to others. Uh, so me knowing that as a kid, like I, I knew there were other kids and kids are young They're you know, they don't know any better. So I never, I never acted out towards them. I never even got into a physical fight. Like it was just something to me, you know, it hurt to be picked on. Uh, but you know, I just kind of kept it in and did my best to cope with it. And, um, you know, it was, it was hard at times, but you know, I never took it out on anybody. Well, you turned out. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, oh, you're welcome. I mean, I want anyone who's listening, if you're experiencing bullying or experiencing any types of abuse, please reach out, ask for help, seek counseling, talk to people who really can assist you through through this process, because we don't have to do it alone, even though at times it can feel that we are by ourselves. So I just want to kind of leave that message for sure for anyone listening, whether if you're young or old, no one deserves to be bullied or taken advantage of in any sort of way. All right. So we're going to kind of change. Most definitely. I want to go into your favorite part about your line of work and what is your least favorite part about what you do for your job? (laughs) Well, I guess the most favorite thing is that music runs through my veins. uh, First and foremost, it just gives me a sense of being Uh, without music. You know, I'd be completely lost. Like I mentioned earlier, I don't know what else I would be doing right now. I mean, I've tried you know, other things like, you know, playing basketball or hockey and things like that. I mean, I, I enjoyed sports, but not as much as music. Um, and I guess I would say my least favorite thing about this line of work would be how competitive it is uh, and how many listeners give you a matter of seconds, whether they like you or not. You know, it's just it's very tough to keep people's attention and to keep listening to you and want to continue to listen to you. Uh, so that's why I try to keep, you know, my songs kind of relevant, but keeping them real to me, um, you know, just trying to connect to an audience. That is true. Can you tell us about just the competitive nature for a few minutes? What's going on with music? Uh, competitiveness. Well, it's, it, there's so much out there. I mean, especially with like now, you know, American Idols and these uh, America's Got Talent. Um, everybody now has this sense of like, I want to be famous. You know, I want to be a singer. I want to be this. So it's, you know, coming from a musical family, I didn't watch a television show and go, I want to do that. Like I kind of grew up in this, you know, it was like, I, it was almost like I was destined to to play, you know, I wasn't looking at wanting to be famous or like doing it because of the outside source or anything else. 
it was just something that I, I loved. Uh, it, it immediately hit me. Uh, but I would just say, yeah, the competitiveness of it and how many people are, are in this just to, you know, to, to be famous, you know, and I, and I see it day in and day out. Uh, I go to, you know, like these karaoke spots and there's people, you know, bless them, you know, they're, they're doing what they want to do and they're trying to sing, but it's like some of them make a mockery of it. And it kind of like, you know, it hits close to me because I'm like, I'm not doing it, you know, to make fun or, 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 you know, think it's silly. But uh, I would say this is competitiveness of it's just really, it's gotten uh, really out of control. I think you're, you're on to something actually, Chris, with that, because when we talk about like reality shows, and this is where they came up with that phrase 15 minutes or a fame, you may have heard that. 15 minutes and of fame, I hate right. that part because there's so many great artists out there that have had to, to go on these shows and they don't know really what they're signing up for. And so the great thing about talking to guests here, like I've talked to people from The Voice, American Idol, from NBC Songland, um, people who have gone on to be on different reality shows, even like America's Next Top Model. And I've talked to some of those contestants and they literally all are pretty much saying the same thing about it's not what you see. There's so much stuff hitting or there's, you know, maybe hours of footage that doesn't reach the cutting room floor. And you just don't understand. You only get a character of what they want shown and what they feel America, you know, wants. And I always go back to when I was a kid and I used to vote for American Idol. I love that. That was one of my favorite shows. And then I go back in my mind, I'm like, did my vote actually really count? Or was it, was it literally someone else? I mean, I spent hours like getting on the phone, yeah. just constantly calling back and calling back. And then I'm like, oh my God, I really was like, I felt like a zombie now that I look at it. I'm like, yep. What was I doing? Why was I so invested in it? And then my brother and I went to the audition in season four because I just wanted to have that experience. And they were doing it in New Orleans at the Super Superdome. And so it was really fun. And people, we had to sleep over the night. And, you know, ah. this was during the time after Fantasia won. And this was the year when Carrie Underwood won. And so I just remember so many great artists that were singing their hearts out. And didn't even make it past the tables that were out there. They just didn't even get the Ryan Seacrests. There was such a great setup, but they had to keep recording and recording and recording the entry. And I'm like, oh my God. And you were so tired and sweaty. And you're like, I'm ready to go. And then when you get down there, you have less than a few seconds to make an impact. And even if you were good, you didn't go through. And there were some people, I mean, dressed like they had just fallen off of some kind of, I don't know, dump truck. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is this? And sounded like they were actually in the grinder. <laughs> yep. But I was like, what in the world's going on? This person sounds horrible, at least to my ears. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. And then I realized, oh, that person is on the audition in front of the judges. And they're making yeah. a mockery of this person who may or may not understand that they don't sound the way they thought they sounded. Or maybe maybe they knew they didn't sound great and they wanted just that 15 minutes. So Exactly. It just, it really bothered me. And after going through the audition mm -hmm. and seeing it, I never looked at American Idol the same from that point on. I didn't vote anymore. And it wasn't, oh, I didn't make it. I'm not the best singer. I didn't care about that. I just wanted to go for fun. But it was just the way it was set up. I was like, oh, I hate this. And one of my favorite contestants on that season was Von Zell, who came in the top three. And I just knew, mm -hmm. based on what I was experiencing, nothing, of course, against Carrie and Bo. They were both great artists but I just knew she wasn't going to make it you know and I just knew how the setup of the show was and so I was like oh 
they're probably not going to choose her, even though she's great, because they have this competitive nature between, you know, Bo, who kind of look like Jesus. <laughs> and then you have Carrie, who's wholesome and just an amazing vocalist. And I'm like, Carrie and Vonzel's voice are so <laughs> similar. Just, just Vonzel sung more R&B. But when you listen to them sing, I'm like, oh, they are very similar. So mm-hmm. they had to choose one and they weren't going to have two girls at the end. So I was like, so this is the setup. And so then I kind of figured out the right. formula of how the show was going. And even the critiques, I'm like, at a young age, I'm like, that doesn't sound right. It seemed like they set them up to fail. And so yes. I, I hated watching that, but it just talks pretty much of like what you will experience in the music industry. There are a lot of people mm-hmm. who will have you sign deals and do stuff or have to do things that you shouldn't just to be famous. Um, but you end up selling all of yourself in, right. in, in your royalties and or you have to fight back for them after you sign these horrible contracts. And it's just, it's it's really sad. But the great thing about you, like I said, you get to release what you want out there in the world and we get to consume it. So I just want to kind of commend you for being authentic and sharing your, your space with us, but also that you know the music industry because you've been in it for enough, uh, many years that you're able to kind of hopefully guide those younger people who are just starting in their career. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's uh, it, it's something I, I'm not going to let, no pun intended, can't let go of uh, <laughs> until it's time to let go. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to keep going until it's, until I can't do it no more. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, let's just look at it like Tony Bennett. I mean, one of the best voices of all time. And I mean, just someone who I admire just with his career. And so I feel like it, there's no age that tells you oh, yeah. you have to stop at anything. If you want to do it and you have the ability and the know-how, go after your goals. You know, a lot of people started their careers at later ages, actors, singers, models. It doesn't necessarily have to mean you have to start at age five or 10 or something. And that means you're going to be successful. Um, you just have to know how to weed out the, the people who are not really meant for you and then just really read your contracts and read every piece of paper that's in front of you. Don't just sign it. I, Absolutely. I learned, 100%. learned that the hard way in the past. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both. <laughs> so the last questions I have for you is, um, can you tell us what's next for you and how can our listeners find you online? Uh, sure. Um, you can definitely expect uh, more new music coming uh, within the next few months. I'm actually working on a new single as we speak. Uh, so definitely keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. Um, this is a, a song that I wrote uh, about somebody that I lost in my life. It wasn't uh, like it was kind of an odd situation. It wasn't really like a, a girlfriend. It was just like a friend. Uh, but uh, it's called Gone Without a Trace. Uh, so it's basically... Um, losing somebody that never got a chance to say goodbye. Um, and so I'm definitely lining myself up for uh, live performances in and around the LA area come September. Uh, and as far as where people can find me online, it's pretty simple to find people nowadays, especially with social media and technology. Uh, so I'm recently Google verified. So if you put my name in Google, Chris Paulson, uh, you find my, my name there, my titles, all the songs, uh, all interviews and photos and anything you could possibly find on me is there. Uh, so basically, you know, it's Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, SoundCloud, you name it, Apple, Spotify, you can find me anywhere. 
Well, Chris, this has been such a pleasure getting the opportunity to talk to you extensively here on Black Canvas. I would love to have you back on my second podcast, which is called Space Between, where I do live performances. So whenever you're available, after you start, you know, releasing more music and touring, let me know. I would love to have you perform because you have, like I said, an amazing voice and I want the world to get to know more about you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you so much for being on the show with us. I had such a great time with you. I did <laughs> too. You're, you're a positive energy, Mr. Harvey. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I mean, that's one thing my mom always told me, like you want to leave people better. Once they, they meet you, you should be able to give something positive. So that way someone can remember those things. And what kind of legacy that we leave is pretty much in how we walk and how we talk and how we invite others in. So that's my whole goal is just to be, Hopefully exactly. a ray of sunshine for someone, even when they're having a rough day. Most definitely. And I do appreciate the opportunity. It was definitely a pleasure talking with you. Oh, thank you so much, Chris. And for our listeners, let's remember to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, we thank you so much, Chris, once again, for being here. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And I can't wait to have you back soon. Thanks much. Look forward to talking to you soon. All right, Chris. Bye. All right. Have a good one. I'm not afraid.